In the name of Jesus. Ever been falsely accused, wrongly convicted, unfairly judged by others for your words and actions? Ever flipped on your smart device only to read a quite cryptic text or find out that there's some story going around about you on Facebook? If so, you are in good company, and if so, our scriptures appointed for the day will bring you hope, comfort, and joy. We are now deep in the throes of Advent, a time to meditate and prepare ourselves for the coming one, Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah. But before you read that wonderful passage of Christ's birth from Luke chapter 2, whether here in church or around your family Christmas tree, look and see what immediately precedes it. John the Baptist. Except he is not called the Baptist just yet. The only occurrence, actually, of the name John the Baptist is found from Jesus at the end of our gospel text for today. You see, Luke chapter 1 is a wonderful interwoven tapestry of John and Jesus. So as such, our preparation for Christmas is not complete without such emphasis. John's birth, like Jesus, was also miraculous also announced beforehand by an angel. John's earthly father was Zechariah, a priest before God in the temple. Thus, John was to be a priest as well. However, he would really only serve and prepare one sacrifice in his priestly service. He would serve and prepare the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. In the words of the angel, John would, quote, turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He would go before Jesus in the spirit and power of Elijah. Thus, John the Baptist would be a prophet and a priest, the last and greatest, according to Jesus, who would, quote, Make ready for the Lord a people prepared. A people prepared. Are you prepared? To deal perhaps with false accusations, wrongful conviction, unfair judgment? Probably not. Such things, after all, come so quickly and painfully that we are left staggering for breath. The pain of betrayal, of libel, of slander, like a dagger to the gut. But God knows your needs and well provides you. God hears your cries for help. He has heard the cries and groanings of, of all creation, and He has answered that you may know this 
and believe, he reveals his son as the once for all sacrifice upon the same mountain that Abraham was commanded to sacrifice his only son. But your father in heaven knows that no sacrifice you nor I make will ever measure up. And we know, pay attention Leviticus Bible study folks, we know that every sacrifice requires preparation. Rituals of offering, anointing, washing, and slaughter, as well as an eating and drinking. So first things first. In our Old Testament text, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Thus, John the Baptist comes, comes and ministers and preaches and baptizes where? In the wilderness and the desert, preaching and practicing a baptism of repentance. You see, this prophet and priest is not only preparing the children and people of God, but most especially, and this is often missed, he is preparing the sacrifice. That is, the Lamb of God to be offered before the presence of the Lord. The Lamb of God to be anointed and washed in his own baptism. And ultimately, to be slaughtered as the once and final ram of atonement. And finally, and not to be forgotten, to be a meal for God's people to eat and to drink. You see, as a prophet and a priest, John speaks clearly the word of God, which drives sinners to repentance. But unfortunately, not all sinners receive this, nor repent. The sins of adultery, for example, divorce, and misuse of sexuality are clear teachings and warnings from God's holy word. But King Herod Antipas, who wasn't really a king, by the way, but that's a story for another day. King Herod wants nothing to do with any such organized religion. Especially since he had married his own niece, a granddaughter of his father Herod the Great. A granddaughter who was also married to Herod Antipas's brother. In other words, Herodias, the current wife of the current king when John and Jesus walked the earth, was married to two of her uncles. But the palace was controlled and controlled the laws, and as such, that which was unlawful divorce was now decreed to be lawful and appropriate instead of sin that demanded repentance. You can't make this stuff up, folks. Long story short, John is a theologian of the cross, calling a thing what it is, preaching the word of God which speaks to such issues and bringing people to recognition of their sin, bringing them to repentance, and more than that, preparing them. Preparing them with a simple washing and cleansing of their sin. But Herod and Herodias want nothing to do with this. And so John is arrested. 
But because he is such a popular priest and prophet, a holy man, Herod, treads carefully with his public relations department at the palace. John was actually imprisoned for 15 months, one year and approximately 90 days. Imprisoned that long before Herod worked up the nerve to allow John's execution, a beheading. Delivered on a platter to him by his deceitful wife, I I mean his niece, and his daughter, I mean his grandniece, I I mean his wife's daughter, whatever. And it is during these 15 months that John is imprisoned that our gospel text takes place for today. You see, there had been some issues with John's own disciples, perhaps in their placing more faith in John than in Jesus. But now their rabbi, their teacher, was locked in chains, falsely accused, wrongly convicted, and unfairly judged. They were struggling, and they had doubts. Knowing this, John did what John was sent to do. He points them to Jesus. He tells them to ask Jesus a question, and the answer to this question will bring them hope, comfort, and joy. The question, it's quite simple. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? It's a great question, isn't it? How about you? Is it Christ that you turn to? Your faith in Him that you trust in times of struggle? of doubts, of fears, of false accusation, of wrongful conviction, of unfair judgment? Whose words, after all, are more important to you? The word of Christ or the words of your fellow man? More than that, whose opinion of you is more important? The Most High God or your fellow man? You see, the answer to all these questions is revealed by Jesus and what you see and hear in his person and his work. But to be fair and clear, he gives it straight to us. He says, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are brought back to life, and the poor, the needy, have good news preached to them. You see, prophet and priest John, before his death, makes sure that his own disciples hear and receive a clear word of law and gospel. And John, himself still yet a sinner, needs these words as well. For those who see and hear this same exchange in our text for today, Jesus then goes on to compare the faith and conviction of John the Baptist to that of King Herod. Which one is the reed shaken by the wind? Which one currently wears soft clothes and sits in a king's house? Which one currently wears rough clothes of camel's hair and instead sits in a dungeon? And which one is righteous? Righteous by faith, righteous by faith in Jesus, 
and His atoning work and His Word. So you too must be reminded and encouraged this day to be firm in your convictions. To be firm in your faith. Though the world crumble around you, though though you are persecuted, will be persecuted for your faith, for the truth of God's Word, the sacrifice has been prepared for you. It starts with Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. And now it extends to you in your preparation in the waters of holy baptism. And His blood shed for you upon Zion's holy hill, you are atoned for, you are redeemed, bought back to be His people, to be a holy possession to the Lord. And now you come and you eat and you drink of His body and blood and the bread and the wine. He comes as the once-for-all sacrifice to wash you of your misplaced trust in the words and deeds of others. For there can be only one, the coming one. And so the last and greatest prophet and priest, John the Baptist, prepares the last and greatest sacrifice Jesus, the Lamb, the Ram of God, for you. And thus, through this preparation, you are prepared. Prepared for this sinful world. Prepared for a new created world to come. Because of John the Baptist, and especially your Savior Jesus, you are prepared for His advent His coming, here and now, in celebration and remembrance of His birth, His life, His death, His resurrection, and His return. Happy and joyous Advent. In the name of Jesus. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.